Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired man, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired man runs away because the hired man does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I, lie, I lay it down on my own accord. I have, I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. The Gospels of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift and blessing of this day. Thank you for the rain which you have provided for us, Lord, and the sun which is out again. Thank you, Lord God, for watching out for our needs and caring for us. We pray, Lord God, that as we gather here to proclaim your goodness and your hope, we pray, Lord God, that you would focus our hearts on you. Lord, still and calm those distractions, Lord. Quiet those voices in our mind, Lord, which seek to pull us away from worshiping you this morning. And we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to worship you in spirit and in truth, with singleness of heart and mind. And we pray, Lord God, that your word would penetrate deep inside our hearts and set us free from the bondage of sin and death. Lord God, place your word upon our lips that we might be faithful in proclaiming it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! It is so good to see you all today. Well, um, I thought it was about time to broach a topic we haven't talked about yet in church that's been burning on your hearts. And that would be uh, the materials that are used to make bumpers in cars. Which I know is something you've been, many people have come to ask me about this. Uh, and so I thought it was time for me to reach it from the pulpit. Um, so here's a chunk of my old bumper off my old Land Cruiser, 1968 technology. It's like eighth of an inch thick steel, like bent into a C shape for rigidity. Nice and tough. You bump into something like a shopping cart in the, in the grocery store. Is it a big deal with this bumper? No. No. Worst thing is it might scratch the spray paint on it. Then you just get a can, spray it back, and it's good to go, right? You're fine. That bumper has no problems. Same thing, up to five miles an hour, no big deal, maybe a little faster. I mean, this thing is bolted to a solid steel frame, you know, boxed and welded frame. There is, like, it's like a fortress when you're inside this car, which is great when you're going slow, right, and you run into something, because it doesn't deform at all. Modern cars, though, by comparison, 
What are modern car bumpers made from? Plastic filled with foam often, right? Is that what you think of as durable and strong protective material? No. No, no not really, right? That's not what you imagine. You don't want to like get on it and bounce up and down because you're afraid it might just rip off, right? That's... Um, and they're designed, like, at small speeds, you know, it'll protect you, it'll do okay, but it will crumple and crack, and you might have to replace that, and maybe a, another body panel around it as it deforms into it. That's how they're made. At higher speeds, though, the story's a little different, right? If you're heading down the road at 65 miles an hour in, like, a 1968 truck, and you run into something, all that rigidity is helpful in some ways, but at the same time, it's not designed to do anything except for be strong. Right? The problem is, is in the middle of it, inside all that steel, is you. Right? And how well do you decelerate from 60 to zero? Not so well. There is, it's all steel on the inside of the car too, right? So, you, I mean, there's nothing to protect you except for your seatbelt. But then other than that, it's just all the energy is transmitted from the accident to you, the passengers, the occupants of the vehicle. A modern car, though, is designed to crumple and crush so that it absorbs the force of the impact, protecting the occupants, deploying airbags, right? All these things are done to protect you. In the case. It's like wearing a steel helmet versus wearing a padded one, right? Which would you prefer? Right? If you're going to run into something, it would be helpful to have a pad on there. The steel, it just it transmits all the energy to your body. Yeah, so the car, the modern car is designed to sacrifice itself, to be crushed and yet protect the people who are inside of it. I know you're all immediately jumping to the gospel. And so I'll just go there, right? Because you're saying, that preaches, Seth, that preaches. And I agree with you, right? It does. That is the theme we see in our gospel passage. We have in our gospel the amazing teaching of Jesus on his role as the good shepherd. Jesus says very clearly, I am the good shepherd. Any debate on that one? Right? Do, you think, do you think he meant something different than that? No, it's one of those great statements of Jesus where you don't have to be like, what does he mean? Right? No, he's saying, I am the good shepherd. Since he is the good shepherd, though, what does the good shepherd do? Well, Jesus doesn't leave us hanging for long on that either. He says the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Before we have time to consider the implications of this statement, Jesus continues in his, um, in his account. He gives us a comparison. Who does he compare the good, the good shepherd to? The hired hand, that's right. Oh, hired, hired hand. Yeah, the hired hand, right? The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. That's right. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. So we see here that there are several differences between the hired hand and the good shepherd. The hired hand is defined as being not the shepherd. Right? He's not the one who cares for the sheep. And he does not own the sheep. For him, it is just the job. And so if it is his life or the job, well, what do you think? What wins out? Your life or a temporary job? Life, I hope, right? 
I mean, who wouldn't make this decision, right? There's always Craigslist to go look for another job. Get on monster.com or something, get your resume up there. Be like, I'm familiar with hired handing, right? I want a place that's free of wolves, though. Had a bad experience back in the day, right? We can understand the hired hand. He's not invested in this. There's somebody else's sheep. He's just pulling a paycheck out of it. And so he's not invested in it like the shepherd is. Ultimately, the hired hand runs because he doesn't care about the sheep. He cares more about himself. And we don't fault him for that. That's what the hired hand would do. And here Jesus returns to describing himself. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Do you think it's important that Jesus has told us twice that he's the good shepherd so far? This is where heads go nodding, right? Yes! Yes, it is important. When Jesus repeats a theme like that, it's important for us to pay attention. He wants us to be reassured that he is the good shepherd. And he expresses a truth about the sheep as well. He says the sheep are, according to this, what we just read a second ago, his sheep know him. They respond to him, and he knows them as well. There is a relationship between the good shepherd and the sheep. So when the wolf comes, the shepherd doesn't think about his job, doesn't think about a paycheck. He thinks about the sheep, and he doesn't run away. He also expresses a profound truth about the relationship between himself and the sheep. They know him just as he and the Father know each other. This is not a superficial relationship. This is the most profound one that anyone could ever hope for. Jesus then references other sheep that are his as well, referring to the Gentiles or people of non-Jewish descent who would become a part of his kingdom. And that kingdom would be united under Jesus Christ, the good shepherd of all. He then closes our passage by speaking of his death and resurrection. He knows that he will lay down his life for the sheep, but he knows that he will take up his life again when he conquers the grave. Now, where do we fit into this equation? Well, we're the sheep. We are the sheep oblivious of the threat posed by the wolf, unable to save ourselves. Then Jesus comes to save us. He puts himself between us and and death, and takes that death upon himself. Jesus is like the modern car, right? Not like the old one that was just a fortress, but had no concern for what was inside of it. He's like a new one, that in a high-speed collision, he doesn't transmit the force of death to us, the occupants, but takes it upon himself. He is crushed for our salvation, destroyed so that we can live. He absorbs the impact so that you and I can walk away free. We, through faith in him, are able to have true life. The good shepherd has laid down his life for us. He has sacrificed himself for our sins. Do we know him? Do we know the good shepherd? Do we recognize his voice when he speaks to us? Do we respond to his call? Or are we even aware that such a great gift has been given to us, that the author and creator of life would be crushed for our iniquity? Today, 
may we confess our sins to him. May we express that we are responsible for the the accident. And may we accept his mercy and his grace. He wants to forgive us and care for us and reconcile us to himself. May we let the Good Shepherd be our Good Shepherd today so that he can lead us into the fields of nourishment and beside the streams of living water. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you that you do not crush us, Lord, for our sin, but that you have offered yourself, Lord. You have offered your own life so that we can live truly. We pray, Lord God, that you would show us the ways that we wander away from you. Lord, that you would reveal those ways to us so that we can confess them to you. Lord God, we ask that you would fill us with your hope, fill us with your peace, Lord. And we pray that you would place your words of hope in our mouth, Lord, that as we are reconciled to you, we would go out and speak your words of reconciliation to others, that we would forgive as we have been forgiven, that we would offer hope as we have received hope, Lord God. And we pray that you would draw others to you, that they might know you as we know you, so that we might all be reunited under the shepherd. Lord God, thank you for being the good shepherd. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.